At this time, please power down and stow all electronic devices as the most powerful men in Canada discuss Top Tech. This week, e-books. I sounded a, a little bit like uh, like a pro wrestler there at the at the end. Oh, the e-booker. Phone size ready. E-books are ready. E-books this week. Hooray. E-books. We all have some experience with e-books a bit. I love the idea of e-books and their promise is something that has been coming for a long time. And we're finally getting to a place now where you can have a small electronic device you can have access to thousands of books that you can read anytime you want. You can take them out of the library. You can buy them. You can get them from free repositories. And you can do all these things and read them relatively comfortably in just about any location now. They always seem to be just two years away. Yeah. Two years from now is always the year of the ebook. But the standard of ebooks really hasn't changed that much in God, when was that year, Beach, that you read Dune on a Palm and, 3? And not just Dune, but the entire Dune series w- written by Frank Herbert. That was while I was in university, so I guess around... It was after I worked at Labatt, so 2001, 2002, 2003. I read all of Lord of the Rings. I read a whole bunch of Philip K. Dick. I read all of Dune. I read tons and tons and tons of really, really long books on a Palm 3, and it worked great for me because you could change the size of the typeface, and you had a backlight, so if you're on the bus late at night, you could read from there too. Everything's just in my pocket. I could just yank it out and say, I'm going to start reading a book right now. The advent of very light, comparatively cheap e-readers has actually made that more of a reality for everybody. But it's not just the e-readers themselves. It's actually the, uh, the method of getting the books. I mean, back then, there really wasn't a way of being able to purchase any of those books you mentioned, let's say. No. Uh, there's a lot of people on the net who will buy a book or acquire a book somehow, um, garage sale, or they'll happen to have one in the house, and they had set up scanning facilities where you, they despine the book, and then they scan each individual page, run it through an optical character recognition program to turn it from pictures of text into actual editable text, and then they would string all that together into a file and put that up on the web for free. Uploaded into the darkest corners of the internet. To me, it was clear that this was the way that a lot of books were going to go. Uh, the convenience of being able to have two or three or four books in your pocket, so when you finish reading one, you can pick up the next one and go. This was a thing that was going to happen, but my Palm 3, I had Handera 330, and that was one of the ones you could turn sideways. It would go landscape to make it a lot easier to read on, but that thing was uh, almost $400. That is not something that I think a lot of people were going to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to put $400 worth of electronics into my pocket to read yeah. a book. The readers have come a long way since then, as have the ability to also get the books. Oh, yeah. yeah like all sorts of places you can get those books now and so much easier than... than it's <laughs> so much more legal. Yes. yes. The e-books, a lot of them allow you to buy the books directly on them, uh, allow you to sync up with a computer to be able to download them, you can take them up from the library, as we said. It's interesting to think about how the ebook has not only provides a way that you can buy and, and read your books and very light and convenient and easy on your eyes, which is another really big thing. A lot of people complain about why would you want to read on a screen? I look at a computer screen all day at work or whatever, and it hurts my eyes, and I don't like reading a large amount of stuff on a screen. Whereas the technology that is used in most ebooks, which is called e ink is actually a way of moving around little particles on a screen that doesn't actually use light in order to be able to see it so that you can see it. So it's actually reflected light. So it's the light in the room reflected on the screen, which 
allows you to read it, much like a printed page. Yeah, like a printed page as opposed to the other method which you were referring to, which is a backlit, sort of like a transparency system, like in every other screen that we see these days. Shooting photons into your eyes. I find that not too bad because I am obviously used to it, but there's a couple of problems with that. Besides the eye strain is one obvious one. It takes way more power. So the ebooks have the benefit of being able to stand in standby for weeks and weeks and be able to use for weeks without having to recharge sometimes. Also, they can be used outdoors much easier than a screen, say, for instance, like a regular tablet like an iPad or an Android tablet or the new Microsoft Surface. Those use light coming out of the screen, photons, as Ian says, coming into your eyes. And then the sun shining off that glass or plastic screen obscures your ability to read it. That doesn't happen as much on the e-ink style ones. And so you can read them outdoors. They actually have better battery life and because they often don't need glass and that they need a smaller battery and they have smaller processors that don't require them to do as much, they're often very light as well, which is also very convenient. So the products that are out there, I've worked at a library very recently and um, we acquired several different products from different companies because we wanted to do a trial. We're going to make these available to the public and have them come in. Now we had to test them and we had to see how we liked using them too. Our public library system that we were a member of, they were the ones who actually did all the testing and said, okay, we're going to figure out how to make all of these work. Or when they came away from the testing, we discovered that there are some funny things about how some e-readers work in systems, uh, in library systems. For example, our library system did not support the Kindle. The Amazon Kindle is one of the most popular e-readers in the United States, but it certainly is not terribly popular in Canada still. But the Kindles are really good. But we couldn't support it because there was no way for us to get our books onto a Kindle. We did not technically support the Nook in the systems that we were using. In one of the systems we were using, there was a method to get stuff onto the Nook if you needed to. In some cases, we supported the Kobo Touch and we supported the Kobo Wireless. And Kobo makes good e-readers as well. But if you had a Kobo Vox, you had to go through a crazy amount of setup. Because the Kobo Vox is a color Android-style tablet. I think it actually even runs Android. Being an e-reader, it still was not the same as a normal e-ink e-reader. It was more like using an iPad. And you had to go through weird setup on the Kobo Vox in order to get it to actually put library books onto the system in the first place. These things became a real pain in the butt because you have people walking in and saying, I want to use one of these. Okay, well, how do I use it? And I'm showing people who are 60, 65 years old, I'm walking them through the process and demonstrating to them while they're doing it because I have to say, okay, this is how you do it. And you can come in and you can ask me anytime and I can assist you in learning how this is done. I can't just do it for you. I have to assist you and teach you how it's done, but I can teach you many, many times. And in a lot of cases, I had guys just come in and say, oh, you know what? This just seems like a lot of work. I'm going to return it for now. I'm going to go look at some other ones and see if there's something else that I would prefer to get instead of this. And then you never see them again. Just might have given up on them at all and just gone to back real world books. Yeah, exactly. So if you're buying a book, I found it was way easier because you could just go onto the store that's built into the e-reader and go buy a book because the people who are making these e-readers are also have stores behind them to say this is where you can buy a book to read it online. And allowing a library to put borrowed content on there was one of those things that was like, yeah, we'll allow you to do that because it means that you can get more books from more places, but we're not going to make it so simple that you can just snap your fingers and have it show up. That eats into their market, right? They, yeah. they want you to buy books. They don't want you to go to the library and get a free ebook. So they, they're not going to spend much time making sure that the experience borrowing a book from the library is great. If you yeah. had an iPad, you could do it in an instant. Well, that's the great thing about an iPad or an Android that we were talking about all the advantages of e-ink 
ebook readers, but one of the major advantages of an iPad is not only can it do a whole bunch of stuff other than just read books, you can install any of the software from any of the different vendors plus free software and all sorts of different ebook readers. So you're not limited like you are with the little bit walled off areas of Kindle, Kobo, and Nook. And Sony has one as well, right? And they have their own little stores and they let you get stuff from other book places, but you have to fight with them. My wife fights with her Kobo all the time. The Kobo is solidly built, but sometimes getting books on and off of there and all sorts of things that she finds annoying about it, like um, not properly showing when things have been read. She's the kind of person that likes to have access to her entire library all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't want just the books she's planning on reading in the next few minutes or the next few days or the next few weeks. She wants the ability at any time to say, hey, I feel like reading The Odyssey right now and then having access to it. I feel like reading Jane Eyre right now. I feel like reading Harry Potter. Whatever she wants to read, she wants to, if she owns it, she wants to be able to access it through there. I've heard that complaint about a lot of the different e-ink style e-books that that is a problem with them is managing those books. But the actual hardware of the Kobo is really nice. It's light, it's cheap, it's solidly built, it's nice on the eyes, and the battery lasts forever. Yeah. So let's break down here a few of the F's and B's about this <laughs> of owning an ebook reader or why you would want to have an ebook reader. First off, you can buy books to read. Yes. Mm-hmm. Great idea. You can buy them the store that comes with your ebook reader, the Amazon store, or the Kobo store from Barnes & Noble, I think they have it. And that means that you don't have to rely upon a local bookstore in your area. You can rely upon all the books that are on the web. So when it comes to, to buying books, you also have the ability on most of these to actually also sample the books that you want to buy. Usually you'll get a chapter or so to actually read. And mm-hmm. you don't have to go out to the bookstore to actually read the chapters. You can just sit down. Say, I want to read this, and usually if you're in a Wi-Fi spot, if it's Wi-Fi capable, you can just download the book right onto it. Mm-hmm. Some of these ebook readers also give you subscriptions to newspapers, and you're, while you sleep, your newspaper is delivered right into your reader for the day. Mm-hmm. Great, great system. It gives you instant home access to a public library system, not just the library in your town, but an entire system. That's another factor, Yeah, is that you have access to most libraries allow you to borrow books not their entire library Mm -hmm. mind you but a good chunk of their library and especially a lot of more popular recent books are available for loan from your library keep in mind though we're used to in the digital world of an electronic copy being infinite you can make multiple copies of an mp3 and it's all the same to the computer it's irrelevant with ebooks from a library they actually exactly like their books they have a certain amount of licenses for that and so you have to have reserves and holds, and on many of their books, they have a certain amount of copies, and they can't just... I hate to gainsay you here, guys, actually, on this, but to put in a specific... So at the library that I worked at, which is part of the Alberta library system, Parkland used a system called EBSCO, which works exactly how you both are saying. You have to rely upon reserves, holds, there's only so many books, because we have to buy each individual book. It is just like having a book on, on your shelf. You take that book off the shelf and take it out, nobody else can borrow it now. You take that book out of the e-library, it's the same thing, nobody else can borrow it until you return it. You can't return the books early, you have to keep them for the, the full length that you take them out for, which can be up to three weeks. But the Alberta Library is partnering with a different system called Freeding, where there are infinite copies of the books. But mm. what they do is they limit how many books you can take out at a time. You have a limit, personal limit, but it doesn't matter 
if you want a book and 99 other people want that same book, you can all take out that book, but you can't, for instance, take out more than 100 books or 99 books or 50 books or 10 books or whatever the limit is. Four. You can't take out more than four books at a time. Four. Okay. Depending on where you live, your mileage may vary. Exactly. Other library systems are available. Which <laughs> brings me to my final point about ebooks, and that is the huge, absolutely huge repository of free ebooks there are out there. Yeah. Not just through those shady areas of the internet, which we do wholeheartedly do not endorse you go to, mm-hmm. but they do exist. Don't do it. But, Johnny, you were talking about how your wife wanted to read The Odyssey. Yes. Guess what? That's a book that's under public domain. Yes. And is therefore downloadable from Project Gutenberg. Huge, huge repository of public domain books. And a lot of the great books of our time and times before us are available for free download in EPUB format for your readers. A lot of writers release their work, current new work, as ebooks as well for free in order to spread their fame and because they want to get known they'll never put out a paper version probably yes exactly. uh, unknown to him friend of the show mikey newman's uh, book series the returners is as far as i know still an ebook only proposition one of the things that i find very interesting about ebooks is the cost and it's changed over the years a little bit but you would think that the majority cost of a book is in its printing and not in its intellectual the value of the actual story and the editing And that aspect of it, the majority of the cost you pay when you go to buy a book is the fact that it takes time to print that off and the paper and all the objects necessary to ship it to stores and such. But in fact, most electronic books are not that much cheaper than their paper counterparts, which I always find very disappointing because you cut all those costs and the more you produce, it doesn't actually cost you any more to produce. The more books you have to print, the more that costs that doesn't come into play when you're dealing with electronic books. So I'm always kind of disappointed by the cost of ebooks. You're kind of jumping the gun there, I'd say a little bit, Johnny, because one of the things about ebooks that makes them so appealing to publishers is the ability to change prices on the fly. When you print a book and send it out to publishers, you're stamping a retail price right on the book. And then it's up to the retailers to set their own sale price or whatnot on that. When it comes to digital distribution, you can change that price down to a dollar or up to 20 on the fly. And a lot of the time, you can actually get a much better deal for a electronic version than you can for paper. You were talking about some of the benefits of ebook reader as opposed to the other side of it would be a tablet. And one of the huge benefits, of course, to the tablet is you can shop around. Because if you have a tablet, you can install Kobo software mm. and Amazon Kindle software and all these different ebook reading softwares on it. You can read all the ebooks. You don't have to worry about being locked into a single store. You don't have to worry about which company has the book and which doesn't because you can view all of them. And you also, if the book is available on more than one store, you can say, you know what? It's cheaper on this store than this store. This store is having a sale. And then you can buy it from there. Whereas if you buy a Kobo or Kindle or Nook or any of the other ebook readers, you're often very, very tied into their store. And as Beach was saying, sometimes it's very difficult to get other stuff onto there. It is doable, but it's much more difficult. Whereas a tablet, you just download the various softwares from the various vendors and you just go through there and check. And I bet you, I should have done some research before, and I bet you there's websites specifically dedicated to finding the best price on certain ebooks, and you can probably look the ebook up and find out who has it for cheapest. You can probably guarantee it. 
the last point I'd like to make about why I'm considering ebooks over paper books these days, not only the convenience of being able to get them when I want them as opposed to having to go out and find a bookstore that has a copy in, is because I've just recently moved and I'm looking at 16 boxes of books sitting in my house, taking up all their space with all their wonderful paper. <laughs> and I don't want to carry these things around anymore. They're a terrible fire hazard. I they are sick of having physical objects in my house at this point. If you bought an airport novel, why buy that copy of a John Grisham whatever and then have to have this physical object, this artifact you have to carry around with you everywhere. That you're, You've read it once, you may never read it again, but then you bring it home and you put it on your bookshelf because you're like, yeah, well, I bought that book. That's yeah. not the future. You, you know, I actually really like your idea of talking about getting rid of physical objects, and that sounds like a completely different show. Yes, it does. <laughs> Get rid of your books. They're stinky. They're germy. They take a lot of space. Get an e-book. <laughs> they won't infect you. Or millions of them, if you like, they don't take up any space. So that, we've been the most powerful men in Canada. I'm Johnny Blakeborough. I'm Ian Horner. And I'm going to have a big fire tonight. I'm Brendan Beach Deary. Thanks for joining us. The most powerful men in Canada would love to hear from you. Please contact us by visiting our website at toptech.tiltyhouse.com if you have any comments or if there are any subjects you'd like us to cover in a future show.